I am not one for usually finding the benefit of the doubt in park narcs. Now, that's not to say that there aren't people that do. Our voters are some of the most patient. I would say understanding, but I think patient. They just logically flush out what could have possibly happened. AMs with AJ on VFX. But even I have to look at nominee number one and find no excuse. It is terrible. Their front two wheels are in special needs spots. Their back two wheels are in stripy rectangle. I mean, they are just taking up all sorts of space. There are spots here somewhere is nominee number one. But to park just so badly, all I could say is I'm not saying that there's some kind of logical excuse where I go, okay, why? What makes me think maybe just maybe there's a reason here. All I can say, there has to be a story. There has to be a story as to how they parked just this badly. Because they're also right next to a light post, which is just, uh, I will be honest, park place just so inconveniently. But they happen to park so close to it as well. just makes it all come together as, what is happening? Because to me, it was just someone who was like, ah, I got all the time in the world. I'll, I'll figure this out eventually. I'm just kind of cruising along. I'm in no rush. Whereas, of course, nominee number two, that one to me is straightforward. There's not really other, any story to put together, any excuses to put together. They're parked 45 degrees, taking up two parking spots right in front of a store. But nominee number two is this is how to quick stop park because we've seen it. We've we've had people complain there on park nurses. They say, oh, I was just running in there for a minute. doesn't matter. You still parked incorrectly. Illegally, no. Like a jerk, absolutely. And frankly, I think it's not surprised that early on, nominee number one is leading. Now, there's still plenty of time to vote, and you should. It's pinned to the top of our Facebook page, Utah's VFX, on our Instagram as well. Both nominees, look at them, see which one enrages you more, and vote for that one. But I think nominee number two frames itself well compared to number one because there's a special needs spot in the uh, parking lot right next to it that it's not in. So it's parked like a jack wagon, no doubt about it. However... There's just so many spots, so much taken up by nominee number one, early favorite. And I was just thinking, I just wish I knew the story. Wish you could just put the hand on the truck and go, like, what is your story? And figure it out. Park Narcs, again, pinned at the top of the Facebook page. Also, if you see terrible parking, take a picture, submit it to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Utah's VFX for your chance to win prizes. Especially if you win, you get to go into the tournament at the end of the year. The prizes get bigger and bigger. Park Narcs presented by the Cash Valley Fun Park, the funnest place in town. That's because they've got bowling, they've got axe throwing, they've got laser tag. Whether it's a family reunion, a business meeting, you can rent out the whole place or just a party room. There's food. They do all the cleanup as well. The Cash Valley Fun Park, Cash Valley's family destination and group party headquarters. I have heard so much about seasonal depression year in and year out. And I think it's one of those things where you experience a little bit, but you just don't know what it is. So I paid attention this year, and oh my gosh, there's no way to deny that weather is just such a mood booster. It's not that I didn't believe in seasonal depression. It's just one of those things where I think you just kind of cast it aside because you're used to it, right? It's just it's something that you deal with each year, so you just feel like it's kind of like just a little sad about the weather. You're ready for it to be over. You're irritated. You're agitated. You're like, I just want sunshine and warmth. AMs with AJ on VFX. And I've been talking nice about the weather coming up. And then yesterday, yesterday, I was intending to go home and I had to come back for a meeting, but I didn't end up leaving. So I was in the building all day. I saw what it looked like outside and it looked nice. And I was like, ah, man, that looks nice. And then when I got done with the meeting, I went outside, I sat in my car, I rolled my windows down and I just drove home. And it was just like a weight 
was just gradually pulled off my shoulders. Like I started to sit up taller. And I got home and I just felt like this new burst of energy and I got a couple things done as opposed to just kind of being lethargic and going home and just sitting there and just being like, again, it's not something I would deny. It's not something I I would have said I had, but I mean, just being outside for even just the short commute, I didn't even go walk, which I was like, "Eh, maybe I should. And I think I will this week because the weather's beautiful. It's just amazing to, to just feel the lift of the mood and just feel like you're just in a much better spirits just because the sun's out and it feels great and today it's plentiful sunshine which just makes me smile which is just another sign of it because I maintain I maintain because if you don't you lose the card I'm a seasons person I do like the snow I don't like the cold without the snow that is stupid I don't want that but I definitely I feel like the older I get the more as <laughs> 2022 continues to show me that I'm just turning into my parents I continue to get the idea of being like, ah, I kind of just want to get away. I wish winter was a little bit shorter, like a week of it, maybe two weeks for Christmas, a little bit of snow and all that. That'd be great. And the rest of it, if it could be nice, that's really what I would want. But I just highly recommend, not saying to cure all is, but today, tomorrow, this weekend is supposed to be very, very nice. Just go outside for a couple minutes. Maybe it doesn't help, but I just, just being driving in the car yesterday with the windows down, just... Felt like my shoulders were lifted up. Whatever weight it was was picked up. And I need it. It was awesome. That feels good to talk about. Doesn't even feel embarrassing at all. Just facts. What does feel embarrassing is almost ruining a Christmas party without even having to actually say a word. Though I tell you, I don't know that I would have divulged that whole thing the first family event I went to. I take that back. I would have if I could have taken away what actually happened. While it is not true... That you can't be awkward if you're silent. I have generally found that if I do not open mouth, it's much more difficult to stick foot in mouth. AMs with AJ, it's the Gold's Gym debated eight on VFX. Already feeling awkward as I found out that a friend of mine who I talk about a fair amount, uh, well, mom listens to the show. Actually, I made a TikTok talking about awkward the other day. It was talking about um, dealing with red flags, if I could be as nice as possible. Well, I, I, I went on and listed a bevy of them talking about, oh, yeah, this is the, one of them happened to find me on TikTok, like the video, and comment on it. And I thought, ooh, do you know that I'm talking about you? I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. So, again, while it is completely untrue that being silent lets you avoid awkward, I found that it has been much easier to avoid foot in mouth if I don't open mouth. That being said, one of my most awkward stories happened without saying a word, which I will get to. We got a text message that came in. Uh, I once met a local celebrity and was so nervous that as we were talking, he mentioned he was diabetic. I immediately replied, you got diabetes? Nice! Needless to say, it was awkward. 68255, the number to text, start your text with VFX. I was so pumped. I met, I saw, I didn't meet, CM Punk, the wrestler, at a Chicago Blackhawks game, because he's notoriously Chicago, right? And I legitimately, my dad and I left, I said, wait here, and just ran. Pop said, no idea what was going on, and I chased up to him, and I said, excuse me, Mr. Punk, I was wondering if I could take a picture with you. And, of course, he was slightly annoyed, because, okay, go ahead. And so I went to take my phone out, and I couldn't, I couldn't get it, and he goes, don't you know how to work your own phone? Which, of course, is making it not happen any faster. And then I, I did get the picture finally, but I felt terrible, because I was like, this man will... Knock me unconscious. He was a professional wrestler. He was in the UFC for a while. I bothered him, which I'm sure he didn't really like as he went to enjoy a game. And I'm like, I just want to take a picture. I just want to take a picture. But the most awkward story I've ever had 
without even saying a word. The first Christmas, might have been the second Christmas Ash and I were together, but it was the first time I was spending with her family. We did the extended family, the big house party, like 20 different family members getting together. And this is me for the first time meeting pretty much all of them. So they've got the whole spiel. We got tables upstairs and tables downstairs, and there's food everywhere, and everybody's chit chatting, and you're doing all the polite introduction and all that, and you're eating, you're eating, and you're eating. And all of a sudden, there's a rumbly in the tumbly. You think, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And so you try and disappear, right, to the bathroom that is furthest away to do your business because you don't want to be near anybody, especially new people you're meeting. I don't want to be near anybody in general, especially potentially future in laws. So I go, try to handle my business, flush. Water fills up. Uh-oh. Okay, one more time. Flush for good measure. Water fills up. Oh, no. Oh, no. It had clogged the toilet. And what do I do? Because, of course, I'm not going to leave. i just be like, ah, oh, who knows what happened? Like, that's not a good way to go about it. So I, I tell the one person that I, of course, at that point in time, immensely trust. So this is still a lot to put on her. My girlfriend. And then she tells her father, who then, I don't know what he did, but he went and dealt with it. And kudos to him. It's one of those things you don't talk about. You just kind of remember and acknowledge in your head. But life-saving. That potentially could have been way worse because it wasn't dad's house, by the way. Was not future father-in-law's house. For, for the record, actually, while I'm giving shout-outs, I mean, if there's a testament that you're kind of welcome into the family, like, don't do it all the time. Don't take advantage. That's not actually the first time he saved us. Uh, there, was a, there was another Christmas... Lose our actually the first Christmas that Ashley and I were together. That uh, well, let's just say a similar situation happened at our own house. Only for me to realize, I don't have a plunger, and nothing was open because it was actually Christmas Day. So we had to go borrow one because you know anything that's at your parents' house you get automatically access to. So yet again, Dad saved me twice. Thank goodness it did become a yearly tradition. Like it was weird that it was two years in a row. I don't know what cruel joke the universe was playing on me, but that didn't feel good. But let's not focus on me. It's enough embarrassment on me. How about the embarrassment on the fact that I don't know what people think they can do when it comes to museums. Like, people aren't going to notice stuff, right? Drawing on the painting, stealing the stuff there. But, yeah, that happened. And how many fake cops do you really think are out there? We hear enough stories to know that there are people out there that pull over other people all the time and usually get some kind of karma. How many fake cops do you think are just rolling out there at any given moment? Obviously respect authority all i'm saying is how many fake cops you think are out there because we've heard enough stories on florida not it's aims with aj and vfx to know there's plenty of them that at least comedically and dare i say via karma have accidentally pulled over like real cops right we have that yet again today in fact actually two different kinds of fake law enforcement headline number one a guy posing as a cop accidentally Pulled over a real off-duty cop over the weekend. He was also driving drunk, so he's facing multiple charges. Fake cop. Headline number two, a woman was pulled over for a DUI but denied she'd been drinking until her nine-year-old son, who's in the back seat, narked on her. <laughs> Fake cop, sort of, but actually doing good. So there are just two headlines where two fake cops are rolling around. My question is how many really think are out there? Those darn fake officers out there just not uh, committing to the training, getting some stuff done to help out the real police. It's the theme for Florida Not This Morning with AMs with AJ on VFX. Story number one, a guy was posing as a cop driving around, 
when a, uh, his white car had a red and blue flashing lights, so it looked like it on my car. Well, he tried to pull over another car. Turns out the off-duty cop he pulled over knew better. Once he realized that the, the excuse me, the guy pretending to be the cop, once he realized, he claimed that he thought he was pulling over a drunk driver. Said he just wanted to warn them about how dangerous and irresponsible that is, and he would know because he was driving drunk. It tested over the legal limit. He was also driving on a suspended license for previous DUIs. So really, it happened in reverse, but it was basically the same result. He pulled the guy over and old switcheroo and jail he goes. Another fake cop. This one, though, more of a future. Story number two, uh, a woman who was a teacher, actually, was pulled over on suspicion of drunk driving after she almost crashed, crashed into a police car. Cop asked if she'd been drinking. Of course, she said no. But her son in the back seat piped up and said, Mom, you can't lie to the police. You did drink. She then admitted to having a little bit, took a blood, a blood alcohol, ah, excuse me, a breathalyzer test, and she was three times the legal limit. Not only did she put the kid in danger, but of course, she wasn't wearing her seatbelt, and the kid was in the back seat crying. So the kid got her busted. So two non police officers, basically, actually, in the long run, really led to two different arrests. One just happened to do it to themselves. So the real question is, in Florida or not, which of these ones is from Florida? Because that's the home of the original dumb criminal, the dumb stories. And I got to tell you, it's it's hard not to pick story number one, right? The dude could have, and thank goodness not, could have gotten away scot-free. Could have just not done that. And maybe, just maybe, would have been fine. Because there's nothing that the cops said about being suspicious about that dude ahead of time. Until he just said something, the guy was like, okay, wait a minute. Well, I know you're a fake cop. And then all of a sudden it all unfolded. Whereas the kid was just trying to, well, frankly, I think the kid was just trying to save his biscuits, to be honest. But he did the right thing at story number two. So I say we go with story number one. Unfortunately, that epidemic of fake cops has spread because that was in California. The good one rarely happens was in uh, Florida. The kid was. So apparently they grow up all right. It's just somewhere along the lines things go a little off the wire. And that's what we got to figure out. Maybe we'll have a little bit less dumb criminals in the future. Florida not on VFX. Speaking, speaking of crazy stories, one of the first things that I was told when I got my first tattoo is make sure you mean it. And I knew that, but make sure you mean it because it's with you forever. And yeah, that's the stupid cliche everybody gives you. Never did I ever think I'm going to read a man, random person, get dared, and they just put a random name on me of someone I have no idea who they are. Could it possibly be the greatest love story ever? I don't care who you are. Deep down, there's at least a little bit of a romantic in all of us. We cheer for those great stories you want to see come to a conclusion and people find their happily ever after. AMs with AJ on VFX. Once when I was in college, I don't remember how this was a thing, but Snapchat had just started expanding beyond just being... The, like, you snap your friends or whatever. You could do stories. You could watch other people's stuff. And there was one that was shared. And then I had to go Google it to find more of it. But someone had gone into a random area. And it was a Wisconsin college. And these two people had met each other sort of at a, at a library. And they had snapped. And then they just couldn't find each other again. And then, like, all night, they're trying to show up at a random spot and hope that the other one sees it as they just use the college's Snapchat handle. And, like, people are snapping in, like, I hope this happens. I'm watching it, too. And they found each other. I have no idea what the end of the story was. which, is, But it would, I was so locked in for a night. I was like, I hope these crazy kids find each other because we want it so bad. 
I'm not quite sure that I'm there, but maybe just maybe it's a different version when a woman who is now trying to find some guy's name that she got tattooed on her. The story gets weirder. She was on vacation with a friend. She was in Spain, hammered, wandered into a tattoo shop where a bunch of guys were dressed up as babies. No clue. Hammered. And one of the dudes bet her to get her name tat- his name tattooed on her, said he would pay for the whole thing. And he did, and she did on her seat. And she had a boyfriend who thought it was hilarious, and she's never found him since. She's Facebooked it and everything, cannot find him, and that's the story that's beginning now is this new version, this new version, this MTV version of this love story based solely on a dare and a random tattoo. I, that's why I just bonus Florida not. It's 100% bonus Florida not. I, one of the first thing when I want to get a tattoo, first thing everybody tells you is make sure it's meaningful. And then pretty much right afterwards, it's something along the lines of like, don't get a person's name because then you'll, it'll, it won't work out because you've cursed it and then you'll have to get it removed. In fact, I had, I've worked with someone in college who had, uh, I think they were engaged. She had been engaged with someone before and they wanted to get tattoos together. She knew the relationship was going to end because he was a scummy person. But she had gotten, they were getting tattoos for each other and she got his uh, astrological sign, which she ended up turning into a butterfly. But to just be spiteful, she made him, her name is Kristen too, get her name in big black letters all down his forearm. And I remember her telling the story. All she could say to herself was, Ha! Good luck covering that up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you take the low road. I'm sure it felt I, the dude was a scumbag. No deny. Was like, wow, wow. Speaking of relationship stories, and we were just talking. Actually, I thought Producer Butters and Mima and I all had a real fun conversation talking about exes of exes yesterday in the after show. If you missed it, it's on our Facebook page. You can go back and watch the thing. Because the listener shared a great story about a basically couple swapping. Super, super interesting. Super fascinating how small a world it can be. But exes are generally exes because there's not really kind feelings there, right? It's not normally, ah, well, it didn't work out. I wish you well. It doesn't normally get to go that way. So what if you were in a position where you had to contact someone yet again, but it's not your favorite people? Could you ask him for a favor? When it comes to a favor, there has to be a little bit level of trust, right? Like small things, if you were like standing on the side of the road, you're walking down the sidewalk, you say, hey, or hold this, you could probably hand it to anybody as long as it's not something valuable. But I got to tell you, AMs with AJ on VFX, once upon a time, I got pied in the face for losing iPod Idol, and you would think anybody would be okay with that. Not, it's not a favor, but my point is, is we we're going up and down the street saying, hey, do you want to pie this guy in the face, being me? And some people like just ghosted us and walked by. And... I guess that's just how things are nowadays. Like, you don't always talk to people, but it's like not even a favor. And people are like, Ugh. so yesterday, the question was, does X of my ex become my friend? In the after show, discussion during the show, the answer was, I think there's a lot of potential there. A little bit quicker, and I think a little bit easier for women than men, but just yes across the board. Because I think that's, that's, it forms a bond. That's really what it is, especially if you have an ex that's kind of nuts. There's your, there's your story. There's your icebreaker. Because exes don't generally become exes because you're like, ah, you know what? It just, we don't match. Hopefully it's the case. But more often than not, there's probably a little bit of yelling on the way out. Oh, my gosh, you're crazy. I can't believe you did that. So nobody's going to be in a hurry to dial them back up real quick. 
So would you rather ask a favor, say borrowing money, because it's got to be something a little bit intimidating, to, from an ex or a stranger? Because I don't, I don't feel like it's super enjoyable to walk up to someone on the sh- street right now and be like, hey, like, I don't know how to explain this. My car broke down and I need $100 because I need to walk to the gas station and I need to get a refill on my donut tire, get a little bit of gas. I promise you I will sort this out. Like, we can exchange Venmo. Like, see, it sounds scammy. Like, I can't even say that in a way and I, I feel scummy saying it. But what are you going to do? Message Rex and be like, hey, so you know how you totally hate my guts? I'm in a pickle right now and I could really use $100. Really. And unsurprisingly, I think on Facebook, as of right now, there's not a single vote for uh, for X. Who would you rather ask a favor from? Rebecca, Kay, Crystal, James, Emily, Lewis, all of them, every single one of them says stranger. That's who they'd rather ask a favor, helping move all that, borrowing money, whatever it is. And I tell you, the craziest, I, I would call it a favor, but it was obviously more than that, that I was ever asked by an X. So, uh, my way, like six years ago now, broke up with a girl. I moved away because I left that job and I moved back home. And she decided that she had gotten sick of relationships and decided that she wanted to be the mom. Whatever, her decision. And she wanted to be with somebody she trusted. She asked me to do that. And I was like, I, I got to be, to be honest with you, part of me for just a second was like, oh, okay. And then part of me was like, wait, wait, no, 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 hold on. Hold on. There needs to be a whole lot of things put in place here. Not that she's going to take advantage of it, but I was like, this is a huge thing to commit to. There's a lot of emotions in this. No, no, I'm not going to do it. And she didn't have a kid, but I legitimately asked that. That is by far and away the biggest, one of the biggest favors I think you could be asked. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Stupid, right? Stupid AJ. Would you rather ask a favor from a stranger or an ex? Like borrowing money? help moving something along those lines. Utah's VFX on our Facebook page. Speaking of a favor, specifically the borrowing money, my friend has since come and gone, and I've talked about it plenty, how he has been frugal in his visits. Well, not so much the case this time. Which raises the question, what is the most difficult discussion to have about money with your friends because I really had trouble bringing it up. I honestly think his mom might have said something. Once upon a time for a Would You Rather Wednesday, when it came to borrowing money from friends or borrowing money from family, I think a slight edge to friends, specifically because, well, AMs with AJ on VFX. The thought was is that family should be more forgiving, but it seems to go the other way, right? They shouldn't care. So, it, But I think in general... People get to be sticklers for money, and understandably so. You have enough? I don't have enough. The thing is, is that you ideally at least have some people, not that you can borrow from or not that you expect to lend to and be cool with it, but you've built up the level of trust that it is a non-thought process. Well, my buddies come and stay, and I've talked about it a lot. And I admit, a little bit of it is being petty, but I'm a little bit frustrated that all of a sudden, in general, like, There's no reach, right? There's no effort to pretend like, oh, let me get this. Oh, let me split this. This recent trip, though, a little bit better. Can't really complain. And so, okay, no more money fight. I don't have anything to say about it anymore. But I was curious, as I've 
complained about it year in and year out, and I love the guy to death. It's not something I'm going to hold against him. I'm not marking a bills when he's on his death door. Be like, hey, by the way, you owe me like 60 bucks for those two trips to Utah. It's not going to happen. But what is the dumbest fight or the silliest fight you've gotten into with friends over money? Because maybe, just maybe, I'm not as crazy as you think. On the phone, we've got Jan. Jan, what was it for you? The worst is when we're all out to eat. Somebody doesn't want to split the bill because they had one less drink than everyone oh. else. And then it becomes a whole fiasco of who <sighs> owes what. When it would just be easier if everyone can just agree on splitting it evenly. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I, I will admit, unless, 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 unless it is like more than a, a reasonable amount. I don't know what it is. But like my brother went out once and got upset because uh, it was a birthday party. And they agreed beforehand they were going to split the bill. And then there were people like ordering a bunch of appetizers and stuff, and they didn't. And he was like, "Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pay for this. I didn't order four appetizers. I'm not going to pay a share of that." Now, to your point, Jen, that might be a little bit annoying because you agreed ahead of time. But I love my brother to death, and I may be a little bit biased. I can certainly understand making the argument at least, like, "Hey, you're kind of taking advantage of this." I think a little bit, a little bit, because maybe they want to eat appetizers. I thought you were going with the split channel. I was like, preaching choir, we're right back to it. But no, that's fair. That's a little bit tricky, though. It's a little bit tricky. Uh, Seth's on the line. Seth, craziest fight or dumbest fight you have with a friend over money? Yeah, so uh, my friend hit my car when he was following me. Dang. And, uh, you know, I didn't really want to make a big deal about it. So I told him we could talk about it later, you know. Okay. Uh, then he started ducking me. So oh. I had to go to his house to get him to talk to me. And uh, when I got there, he tried blaming me for stopping short. Oh, and the, actually the only reason I got paid is because his parents were just arguing and gave me the money to fix the car. It's totally crazy. It's funny you got the parents. You know the genesis is really of of my of me needing a bad cop. I had a buddy who I will say may or may not still be a friend to this day, but we lived together for several years, and I it got to the point where like I was I was the one taking care of the bills because I had lived out on my own consistently through college, and I was just expecting to reimburse me. But living with a friend, you know, one didn't come, and I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. And then two didn't come, and I was like, okay, hold on. Three didn't come. All of a sudden, several thousand dollars of money has disappeared. And I told him, hey, blah, blah. And I didn't know what to do. So I talked to my dad, who gave him a stern talk to because I don't want to do it. And to be honest with you, like, I'm holding my dad back. I'm telling him, like, this is what's going on. My dad's upset about it because he doesn't want to see people take advantage. And he's he's upset. He's being my father. I appreciate it. But I'm like, okay, he's he's not a jerk. It's a mistake, and I'm probably wrong. But what ultimately got it done is I Facebook messaged his mom, and I was like, look, I, I need to talk to you about something. And I never heard back from her. I don't know if he ran the the smooth sailing thing, like he smoothed it all out, but I was like, I need to talk to you about your son. There's really an issue, and I'm at, kind of at my wits in here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so it kind of got a little dramatic ultimately to be resolved. Did I get all my money back? No, but we came to sort of an agreement, I think, and it worked out, but money is... Actually, talking about all this, I feel a little bit more jaded. I got to be honest. I feel a little bit more jaded about lending people money. I think you just pretend you never have any money ever, and then nobody ever bothers you. I really think that's the conclusion we've landed on. Or you just pretend like you don't know how to use modern bank accounts. Be like, ah, all my money's in uh, in gold buried out in the backyard. I mean, not in the backyard, buried in random places where only I know. Because the truth of the matter is, as technology goes further and further, it's awesome. It is awesome, but it also makes us dumber. Because my girlfriend's phone number, I can never learn until she didn't have it anymore, and then it became used for something else. If you had asked me what my girlfriend's phone number was three years ago, could not tell you without looking at my phone.
If you ask me what her old phone number was, that same phone number now, I can tell it to you off the top of my head. And I, it dawned on me the other day. I, I was, I was aware of it, but it dawned on me the other day. I was like, oh, this is pathetic. AMs with AJ on VFX because it was in my context. So why would I ever learn it? But then uh, it was also made her code. We started living together. We've been together forever for like when you go to Smith's, right? Your alternate ID or when we go to Maverick, it's her alternate ID. So I've got it figured out. She has since gotten a new phone number. No idea what that one is, but I know the old one now because who remembers phone numbers anymore? The only ones I have ingrained in my brain are the ones I had to use in the basically pre-age of smartphone. My brothers, my dads, my stepmoms, there's a few friends out there that I kind of know their phone numbers because I typed them in all the time, whether to text or to AOL uh, Instant Messenger back in the day. That's an old sentence. But to do any of that stuff, that I could do it. Now, new number, I don't even pretend. Like, like I'm never going to know it. I have Whatever reason I have to use somebody else's phone to make an emergency call, well, I'm making a call to Indiana because I know how to get a hold of them. <laughs> what is the... <laughs> What is the thing you just don't remember anymore? The information you just have completely lost, Joey? Yeah, so I used to remember everyone's phone number, but now that they're all Same saved zero. in my phone, I don't know any of them. I mean, I could call my wife in case of an emergency, but that's about it. You're better than me. Joey, you are ahead of me because I don't even know Ashley's phone number by heart. I really ought to. Though I'm pretty positive she doesn't know my phone number by heart either, if I'm being honest. Uh, Laura's on phone. Laura, what's the thing you, you lost, you don't remember how to do? So sometimes, even though when I know the answer to something, I still have to look it up to make sure I'm actually correct. That is how much I rely on the internet for information. I can't even trust myself anymore to know it by heart. I, I get it. I get, can I tell you, so when my buddy comes to visit, one of the places we always go is uh, Moochie's Meatballs and More. It is, the Philly cheesesteak there is so good. So I always take them. Because it's in Salt Lake, right? We got to fly out of the airport. I got to take them to the airport anyway. So we've gone... Every year that he's come, at least once. You're talking about like five or six trips already. So I'm taking him down to the airport on Monday. And he's like, we're going to go. And it's like, plenty of time, man. I booked it on purpose. So we have all this time to have lunch or whatever. So we go. And I and I tell him, I said, well, I don't spend a ton of time in Salt Lake. So I'm, I'm going to have to have you pull it up just to make sure. And he's like, oh, okay, is it this one? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's definitely that one. It wasn't that one. They have multiple stores. I have been down there at least almost a dozen, no, a dozen times. I've been to the same one a dozen times I've taken them to. I was like, yeah, it's that one. And they were like, oh, oh, this looks familiar, I think. Now, it, w- it, was a, it was the same franchise, so it was fine. It was the exact same food. It was just not the same building. So it worked out. But how pathetic is that that I've been a dozen times? He's been, on, he's been half a dozen times himself. And we couldn't even remember like which what the name of it was, or roughly on the GPS what it looked. Like. It's gone. Just there's no reason to retain information whatsoever. Uh, and this makes me think of my father because he never uses a calculator and he refuses to use the GPS specifically because of this situation. And I respect it. I hate myself for it, but it's frustrating at the end of the day when he asks me for directions. That's all I'm going to say. Actually, pops come up because. He dropped a, I don't want to say a bomb because it wasn't bad news, but he dropped something on me the other day. And again, I had a chance to give advice and swing and a miss because I didn't know what to say. I legitimately didn't know what to say. And actually, speaking of advice, when it comes to things you're doing as you go through grown up life, kids, engagement, houses, do you ask the people who've been there and gone through it and seemingly successfully? Do you ask the people that are the same age for you and dealing with it at that exact moment? Growing up, whether you wanted it or not, your parents had advice for you. And maybe at the time you thought it was stupid. Pfft, you don't even know, mom and dad. Only to realize later, Donnie, oh my gosh, they're right. 
AMs with AJ on VFX. It's the Goals Gym debate at 8. But have you ever gotten to the point or the threshold where it feels like you've advanced past what they can advise you on? And I don't mean to be rude, but my brother and I actually had a conversation about this years ago. There were certain experiences in our life where we felt like we had passed a certain threshold where it felt like we couldn't turn to our parents who I feel like in general, right, uh, growing up, dealing with school, dealing with relationships, dealing with bills, moving out on your own, like all of those experiences in some capacity, they at least have some insight and maybe can't help you all the way, but can give you at least some perception to help you sort through it. But my brother and I had this conversation where we talked about, well, both my parents got married young, both had us young, ugly divorce. Uh, Mom has since been divorced a few times. Neither of them went to the college the same way we did. Ultimately, my dad did go back and finish. Proud of him for doing so. Stuff like that, right? And there are other things that I don't want to rat on my family for that uh, they, they struggled with in terms of uh, personnel or relationships in general. They struggled with or didn't have that. We just had a discussion where, like, I think we've reached the point where there's just not a lot of advice that we can turn to and glean from either of our parents. And so... Talking about my buddy, got engaged. I'm happy for him. He's been with his girl for almost seven years. All the ecstatic. He was with his family when he did it. They're in one of their favorite places. By all accounts, it was magical, and they're super happy, and I'm pumped. And we're having a discussion in our, our Snapchat friend group because he proposed, and a buddy of mine proposed a few months ago, and now, as I said, I'm next up. Ashley and I have been together for five years this summer. And I was thinking, as we're talking to the friend group, the friends, that, the one that already got proposed, the one that's been married forever, they've got a kid. They were talking about how, you know, hey, you know, we'd like to stay up to date if you guys want to tell us what's going on because it's kind of been last minute for everybody to be like, hey, by the way, this is happening. Ah, that surprise. And I thought, okay, so if I was going to ask for advice when I get around to proposing, would I ask the people who have gone through it now, my friends, or would I ask the people who had gone through it and maybe been tried or true or at least gone through the experience, my family? And the answer is, I think unsurprisingly based on what I said, it'd be my friends. And I think that's the case in a lot of situations because there's definitely, I think, perspective. There's things that don't change as you grow up through life. And again, you, I think you, all of us at some point think, ah, they don't know what they're talking about, our parents or cousins or whoever it is that's older than you that's trying to shed advice. But there's, there's, there's common threads through it all that have some relevance growing up and all that. But in terms of the friends, you know, I think that dealing on a peer-to-peer level, you feel like you're getting the most honest and actual relevant discussion because you're like, okay, what did what were the things you faced doing this just um, three months ago, for instance? And it was really a huge realization because I felt a little bit hollow inside thinking about one of the the biggest moments that will potentially come of my life forever. There will be some that maybe top it, but it will be one of the top ones forever. And I just felt like when it came to advice, I didn't pick family, and I felt like I kind of couldn't pick family. And I thought, wow, that that's not what I pictured getting here one day and thinking conversation with the girl's dad, conversation with my dad, and I thought, I really probably had to have that conversation. It just it just feels like there's it it made it feel empty for a second. I mean, when it comes to you, would you would you ask your friends, would you ask your family? I mean, if no 
successful relationship? Do you feel like that dings it at all? Because I think that's where mine comes from. It was just this huge realization that I now have to explore because I felt empty inside. Gold's Gym debated eight on VFX. Not going to feel better. Speaking of my dad, love him to death, but he said something to me the other day, dropped something on me, and it was another chance for me to swing for the fences and try and provide good advice because we have this relationship where kind of just not good at giving advice to each other in situations where we need it. Huge, not even a swing and a miss. Just didn't take the bat off my shoulder in that one because I had no idea what to say. Legitimately need help to figure this one out because I want to help him. How much have you prepared for your financial future, I guess is what you would call it. AMs with AJ for the Gold's Gym debated eight on VFX, like retirement and savings and such. Because I got to be honest, one of the most uncomfortable conversations I think you can have is with a, I would say, older family member, but especially a parent talking about their financial futures, and they, they just say, well, we don't have one. We're just going to have to work until ultimately that's it. Most uncomfortable conversation I've ever had. And I don't know how to advise on that because the advice, like, for, I'm going to be 33, and it feels like I'm set in what I'm going to do, and if for whatever reason I can't do it tomorrow for work, I would be, oh, no. But the, real, the truth of the matter is there's still plenty of time in front of me for my parents, for my father, the advice of, oh, well, you can just find something else. You can go back and make a change. It's, I don't think it's untrue, but realistically at the double nickel, 55, I think the window is definitely limited. And the other day, my dad said something to me because I told you the story about how he kind of got busted at work the other day and I swung in a miss when it came to advice because he got caught basically. Basically, he was time stealing. He was just making things take longer to, to boost the hourly wage. And all I said was, well, yeah, that sucks. And all I could think was, you shouldn't do that. Neither of those things good advice. Well, frustrated, wants a better job, looking for other jobs. And he said something to me the other day about how it feels like his age is starting to really limit his options. And I believe what I, what I said was, and that's about what I mustered for 10 seconds before I tried to gather and put on some, uh, nah, nah, there's, there's something out there. Trying to be positive because I didn't know what to say. I was at a complete loss of words. Like, what do you say in that situation? I talked about how I feel like there was a a crux or a, a threshold that was crossed where my brother and I felt like there was a lot of life situations where there wasn't necessarily going to be a lot of substantial advice that could be given down from parent to us because we just done a, a bunch of different things that they hadn't done in their life. In this situation, how would I know how to advise that? How would I, I could I could say all the normal garbage, but that, that mm, like yeah, he could go back to school and do that, but financially, is it a means? Is they're trying to deal with what they're dealing with? Is there really an option? Can you wait that long? Do you even know what you want to do? Is it? I mean, is it true? I I have no reason to doubt him either. It's just one of those things where I was floored immediately and had no idea what to say. So six eight two five five is the number to text. Start your text with VFX. How do you give advice in that situation? Because really, realistically, actually, excuse me, somewhat realistically, very little. All I've come up with is hit it big and then have him work, do something for me. Probably more a ceremonial job than anything just to take care of him, get him out of there and have him okay. Other than that, I, huh, nothing. I would like to say as 2022 continues to be the year where I guess gradually turn into my father, one of the things that I was annoyed with him about was when we went grocery shopping or whatever reason I tagged along for an errand and always some version of that classic meme saying, 
Well, things aren't the way they used to be. Turns out, what I always told him he was right, but there was a reason for it. Turns out, actually, Pops might have been a little bit more right than I gave him credit for. You ever heard of the term shrinkflation? I can still hear it in my head. My dad going into a grocery store saying, ah, they used to have more stuff out here. There used to be a wider selection. AMs with AJ on VFX. And then I can still hear audibly me and my brother roll my eyes at any given time and then telling him, like, well, if they put out less and they don't waste as much, whatever. Trying to explain it. And I was like, okay, thank goodness this meme has come to fruition in my own life. Oh, it's not the way it used to be. Turns out, yeah, dad is dad, dad was technically right, but things changed. But dad might have been a little bit more right than I even thought. Have you ever heard of the term shrinkflation? Apparently, it has come to fruition right as we've examined these shortages and the, the, the hoarding and all that, that uh, it's a way to pass on inflation to the consumers. For instance, if you uh, sell something at the same price, but you sell less of it, technically, right, you're paying more for less, but you don't know because the price didn't necessarily go up. So you don't think about it, right? You don't think about it. For instance, for instance, apparently, uh, Crest toothpaste is an example of shrinkflation that has changed. You, on average, now get 15 fewer uses. Charm and Blue, the toilet paper, there's now 20 fewer sheets per roll. Excuse me, that's a paper towel. 20 fewer sheets per roll. You don't quite notice it. And now, you're, and now I'm thinking, okay, I have never counted paper towel rolls before, but now I'm starting to think, I want to keep better track of that. Because it always the one that always catches the flack, which... Uh, Fritos actually made this, by the way, two ounces less per bag is about five less chips, but it's it's chips, right? Because you're always like, oh, they're half filled with air. Those are always the ones that catch the most flack because you're like, oh, I'm really getting jobbed here. But how much do you really pay attention to like my girlfriend loves pizza rolls? I bet I bet if I asked her to think about it, she would think, OK, is there less pizza rolls in the little baggie than there used to be? I think she might know an answer, but how much do you really pay attention? This is like borderline conspiracy stuff that's not because if someone had said something to me before, I'd be like, man, there's just way less pizza rolls in here. I would probably just be like, oh, whatever. Maybe thought they were nuts, but really probably not paid attention to it. But then you put it in the context, like, hey, did you notice? I'm like, oh my gosh, those scumbags, those absolute scumbags. So now make sure you count every one of those crinkle cut French fries that comes out of your frozen bag because there might just be a few less than there used to be because these guys are Jerks. That's why it's so important. Uh, Producer Butters, Mima, and I in the after show, we did the cereal bracket. If you ever got a chance to see it, someone ranked like 16 cereals and you were supposed to basically bracket them down to the best one. It's kind of interesting to see how terrible their tastes were, but we did it in an after show for fun. Uh, we talked about the the uh, growing up and all of us had the off-brand one. So finding the things that you're a little bit not snooty about, good way to maybe go about that, though. Shrinkflation, I think, goes across the board. That is crazy. Speaking of things that are nuts, uh, I, over the last couple of years, have paid a little bit more attention, clearly not to what is in my bags or in my paper towels, but paid a little bit more attention to what the meaning of dreams could be. I've asked about it. I'm curious, at least. Well, the most common dream in the United States, I've not had, and I feel a little bit concerned about that. I admit that at times I still feel like I have absolutely no control whatsoever with my dreams, that they make no sense, and so they cannot mean anything. AMs with AJ on VFX, for instance, I had one like three nights ago where it felt like I wasn't even I wasn't even the subject of my dream. It felt like somebody else's dream had been juxtaposed to mine, 
And I was just randomly like sort of tagging along, trying to insert myself. And then the dream, like, no, no, this isn't your, get out of here. You're, you're in the, you're an extra, get out of here. But nonetheless, it's hard not to accept in at least some capacity, right? With emotions and stress and anxiety and all that, that the dreams can't be at least something of your subconscious. Some of the time, at least. It's really interesting, nonetheless, to get into because even if you say, like, my brother's one of those people, the spiritual stuff, the essential oils, the home remedies, all that, he's like, blah, blah, blah. good for him. I think it's super fascinating, nonetheless, because as long as you're not doing anything to hurt yourself, what does it have to explore and possibly give yourself hope, which may ultimately be the strongest thing anyway. So the number one dream in North America, this freaked me out, is your teeth falling out. I have never... Never had that dream before. And I feel like, okay, I should be a little bit concerned because supposedly what that dream means is that you're either linked to big life changes, self-esteem issues, or embarrassment. Check, check, and check. I'm a big dude. I definitely share. I mean, I guess it can't be too embarrassed because I share the stories, but I've been embarrassed before. Like my my brain likes to make me cringe before I go to bed. And I've moved across the country several times and all that stuff. I'm talking about engagement for like the last week and a half. Like, none of it's happened. So, does that part of my brain not register? I'm slightly concerned. I'm not functioning the same way. Some of the other most popular dreams, just for the the, the doubters out there, but some of the other most popular dreams, uh, one of the most searched dreams worldwide is snakes. That's happened in 52 different countries. Dreams about snakes are supposed to represent hidden fears or worry, or potentially you just hate snakes. That, I think, right there is what does it for people. Because we all, everybody wants a little bit of certainty, where it's like, oh, hidden fears or worries, or you just hate snakes. Like, well, I do just hate snakes. Well, dang it. But it, but it, could, it could be. It's not always the case. Pregnancy dreams are third, which are supposed to signal uh, growth or development, like actual pregnancy. Marriage dreams signify commitment or transition. Dreams about an ex could be a sign that someone's making you feel the same way your ex did. Uh, a couple other weird ones, and these ones are in location. Fiji's most popular, most searched dream is about peacocks. Spiders are number one in Argentina. Squirrels in Namibia, because... Yeah, what does that mean? Like, I'm nuts about squirrel. I need some peanut butter. Like, you're lacking protein. That's what that dream means. I think it's interesting nonetheless. So, I think it's relevant to find yourself. You don't have to, I'm toe in the water. Dip your toe in the water, right? Find you a quote unquote spiritual guy, the person you can ask about your horoscope, your dreams, whatever, just to have, right? Just a reference. Let's say you go full fledged, get dream catchers everywhere and all that. Just dabble. Just dabble. I think it's really interesting. And if your teeth fall out, now you know why. You're like every other buddy, everybody else in North America, apparently. VFX's Facebook roulette. How about another one of the personality quizzes? The last one I took credit to Producer Butters, he found it, which was, what uh, what do you wash first in the shower and what does that say about you? And I thought, that's stupid. And I took it, I was like, oh man, kind of nailed me. This is ridiculous. Who gave it the right? So I landed on Whitney Colbert. He says, my body is a temple, quote unquote, is what kind of temple it is. For instance, there's a... Uh, a parish temple where plain so you plain so your ma likes it, broad social acceptability maintained at all costs, entirely runs on tea and home bakes. Greek temple, classically sculpted perfection, actually adapted to look more than function. Uh, wine consumption at epic heroic levels. I personally think I fall under mosque, which is kind of chunky, but in a fancy, elegant way, makes loud noises several times a day in case you were kidding. <laughs> There are nine of them, but there's no way we're not going to talk about this in the after show. So as it goes up on the Facebook page, Utah's VFX, quickly find your way to it as well. And uh, then we will get into this after show about 1030. 
Remember, that's on Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, all of them, Utah's VFX. Find and follow us across all social media. Same with the podcast, actually. Uh, Utah's VFX, anywhere podcasts are. For myself, the AJ Knight. Um, enjoy the weather. Again, I cannot reiterate that I'm not saying it'll cure everything. I'm not even saying it'll help. But I think in terms of just some mood boost and some just temporary comfort, I think it would do wonders. So get outside, especially this weekend. It's going to be so beautiful. It's going to be so absolutely gorgeous. And until tomorrow morning with, excuse me, until tomorrow morning for AMs with AJ, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And thanks for listening to VFX.